Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. (laughs) We're talking about the family, and uh, we're talking about the role of prayer in the family. You know, God, um, some of you might have had a godly mother. You might have had a godly father. That's my godly mother very shortly before my mother passed away with pancreatic cancer. Uh, we took this picture, and she was determined to live two years to pray for Ivy, my last daughter. Did you have a godly mother or father? And if you did, be thankful for that. We want to look today at Paul, and we want to answer the question, how do you pray for the people that you love? And for many of us, we love the local church, and I hope you do. I hope you love your church. I'm thankful for Brian and his enthusiasm and his love. You know, he's driven by vision and hope of a expanding future for our church that's undergridded with love for people, a desire to see marriages strong, a desire to see addictions broken, and a desire to see worship experienced. Love drives us. When we love people, we want the very best for them. And when we pray for people, and we understand how Paul prayed and how God wants us to pray, it gives us a practical tool as to how to pray for the people that we love. And we can pray for the people of our church. We can pray for one another. In fact, you can even take the points of this sermon and pray for your own spiritual growth, and you would be blessed in doing that. Let's look at God's Word. Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, every... In every prayer of mine, making mention of you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue it and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to thank this of you all because I have you in my heart in so much as both in my chains. Paul was uh, writing while he was in prison. And in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, take note of that, this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent. This is the second part of his prayer, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the faith of righteousness, which is by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. How do you pray for the people that you love? The first way that we pray for the people of love is we pray with confidence. You know, when you, when you go to pray for people that you love and when I pray for my family, I'm not praying as if it's not going to happen. 
I'm praying with the full confidence that God has made a promise. God's made a promise that he is the one guiding the spiritual growth of the people that I love. This isn't me trying to will my family to do certain things. But this is God's promise who said, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. God, the work that we're doing here at Crossroads is not our work. This is the work of God. Jesus wants to reach people who need a relationship with him. Jesus wants to feed people spiritually, to meet people's physical needs. Jesus wants to transform our culture. Jesus wants us to be lights in a world that's separated from Christ. And he is the one who will complete that. So we pray with great confidence. Also, we pray with great transparency before God. We don't need to be fake. We don't come in here and pray, our Father who art in heaven, you know, in such a, not that that's not a great prayer, but we don't pray that as a ritual. We don't try to appear spiritual. I've heard people pray before, and maybe it's their personality, but if we pray differently than we talk, I, it just doesn't feel real. There is a heartfelt nature to what Paul prayed. He says, I long for you. And when you pray, and you're praying for your family, or you're praying for your church family, and you're praying for people who are making bad choices, people occasionally make bad choices, amen? I mean, you, you, your children occasionally make bad choices. Your children have bad habits. My children have bad habits. I had bad habits as a child. You know, I'm still working on those things. We are human, and we make mistakes. So when you're looking at somebody and they're not making the choices that you long for them to make, pour out your heart to God. You don't have to be, you know, in denial about the realities, but pray with your whole heart. Pray with transparency before God about the concerns that you have for the people that you love. Also, I want to just share with you a, a friend of mine, Mark Corbett, and several years ago in 2014, I found out I had an aortic aneurysm, and I needed surgery. And it was kind of one of those things, and some of you might be in that situation from time to time or have been in that situation, where it's just you're kind of on the fence. Do we do the surgery? Do we wait for the surgery? So... I was in that situation. I went to Greenville, and that doctor said, wait. So I was like, praise the Lord. He's answered my prayers because I didn't want to get split open. So I came back, and old Dr. Shamas, my, my cardiologist, he said, Mark, just do me one favor. He said, get a second opinion in Duke. It's always good to get a second opinion, folks. I went to Duke, and at that day at Duke, um, I looked out there, and I saw all the different cars from everywhere in America coming to Duke for surgery. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me that, you know, that God was going to get me through the surgery. And he gave me a word. The word was humility. And when the doctor came in, he was so humble and so uh, just genuine in the way that he talked to me that it confirmed in my heart that, yes, I needed the surgery. So this gentleman here met with me 
uh, over at the Episcopal Church one day. They used to leave that church wide open. And I used to walk in there around noon and, and pray. And Mark met me over there. And we went down to the altar. And I was praying at the altar. And Mark got down there and it just started to pray. Beautiful prayer. Tears flowing from his eyes. Longing with affection for God's will. Have you prayed for your children like that? Are you praying if we would pray for one another like that as a church? If we would mean our prayers? Because somehow Mark was able to put himself in my shoes. And he began to reason with God. Saying, God, you know, we need Mark to get through this. His family needs it. And he named every person in my family. And, and that's how God wants us to pray. That's how Paul prayed. He prayed with confidence that God heard his prayer, but he also prayed with passion and sincerity and affection to sincerely pray. That's how Paul prayed. But the most important thing today is to look at what Paul prayed. Because if we look at what Paul prayed and we take the how-to with the knowledge of what we need to pray, we'll be unstoppable. Let's look at that. Pray that the people you love will grow in their love for God and one another. That prayer alone could change the world. I got up this morning and for some reason I was curious about why Paul McCartney wrote Let It Be. I don't know why in the world I would think that. But uh, Paul McCartney wrote Let It Be. And his, his mother was named Mary. So it's not, it's not written to the Catholic Church. It's not a religious song. Paul said his mother passed away when she was 14. And he was in great trouble one time. And he had a dream that his mother came to him and said, just let it be, son. That was her saying. You know, my dad used to say, just let it, let it go. Let it go. Well, Paul's mother said, let it be. So if I wrote a song, it would be to uh, Father Al, let it, you know, let it go. But that would be a totally different, different song. <laughs> Thanks, John. You understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but so, so Paul McCartney wrote this song, and John Lennon hated the song. John Lennon hated the song because he didn't want to do anything that represented anything like Christianity. He hated the song because of the religious overtones. And yet John Lennon wrote, all we need is love. And yet he couldn't find love in his heart for a simple song. So that's not the type of love I'm talking about. Because John Lennon didn't understand love. And the people of the world who talk about this and that in their needs and all of the things that they demand and want lack the love of God often. The love of God is unselfish. The love of God is pure and sincere and genuine. The love of God is seen in the cross that Christ died for our sins. That is love. And it is that love that we pray for. We are praying for an increase of love. Increase of love for God and others. The second thing that we're praying for is that we are praying that the people we love will make the best possible choices in the world that we live in. Do you realize that your family, you know, can, can destroy themselves by the choices that they make? Do you realize that the choices that are confronted young people and we understand 
We are praying that the people we love would make better choices and to make the best possible choices. I'm praying that the people in this church would make good choices. I'm praying that I would make good choices. We're confronted with choices, and we want to make good choices. The next thing we're praying for, you can find in verse 11, we're praying for our church, for the people that we love, that we would bear spiritual fruit for the kingdom of God. What is spiritual fruit? Spiritual fruit is twofold. One, it's character. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, gentleness, self-control, and faithfulness. We're praying that we would have the character of Christ. And then we're praying that we would reach people with the gospel and teach them to follow and obey Christ. If we will do these things, if we will follow these three simple prayers, if we will pray it for ourselves, if we'll pray it for our family, if we'll pray it for our church, you and I will see a fulfilling life unfold, regardless of the circumstances. We will be praying for an increase in love. Imagine what our world, what our church would look like if love increased, if love for God increased. Imagine what our church, what your family, what the world would be if we prayed that we would make not just a choice, but the best possible choice, a choice that glorified God. What would the world look like? What would we look like as a church? And what would our families look like if we were bearing spiritual fruit for Christ? If we were fruitful? If you were reaching your potential? You know, I am thankful, you know, to hide over there and just watch the band, you know, the worship team and to see them at Youth Alive and to see people realizing their, their spiritual gift. To see people using their spiritual gift. To be there when that team member pulls out of their shell and hits a home run. To hear that song, that breakthrough song, and we've heard it many times, you know. I listen very carefully, and I can, you know, it's like you see someone struggle, they struggle, and you believe in them, and you work with them. You know, and Tyler, you know, Tyler worked with Ivy <laughs> over and over. Hit the symbol, Ivy, hit the symbol. She doesn't have any problem hitting the symbol today. In fact, we're trying to figure out how to make it quieter, praise the Lord, so you can hear the rest of the band. Amen? But Mr. Mike says, no, I'm going to turn it up. I'm going to mic it. I mean, it's wonderful. We want to see people bear fruit, bear spiritual fruit, grow and develop. And I am thankful. I am so thankful for what God is doing here at this church. I'm thankful for Brian and the encouragement. And I'm thankful for the friendship that I am developing with Jacob. And I'm thankful that you guys got to hear Jacob preach last week, and there will be more opportunities for that. And we are going to, Lord willing, we are going to ordain Jacob to gospel ministry. Now, God has already called him. We didn't call him. God called him. And we simply recognize it. And we say, we can see God's call on your life. That's all an ordination is. It's not something that we wave a wand over someone and make them holy, you know? And there are a lot of churches that are kind of stuck up on us about ordination, and we don't want to be that way. If we see the Spirit of God on somebody and we see that God has called somebody, we want to stand before them and help them in this process to obey God's call. And part of that call, he has a call to pastor and plant a church. 
And that, that vision and that desire lines up with a vision that I have been at unrest for a decade thinking that I got the opportunity to be part of a church plant many years ago, and I miss it. I miss it. I want to see us look like the New Testament. I want to see churches planted, and I want to see people saved. You know, we have had people saved here in the last couple of weeks, and I want to see more people saved. We want to see more people saved. Who do you want to see saved? Those that are lost. You know, the people who need to know Christ, we want to see them reached with the gospel. And I want you to be able to hear what, it, what it's like, and I want you to feel the call of God. Some of the young men in our church heard the call of salvation. That's the first call. God calls us to salvation, to forgiveness. These two young men came to me and expressed a desire to be right with God. One young man said he felt God calling him, and he wanted to follow. And when he prayed, he says, Lord, I want to know you. That is the call of salvation. There's a call to grow and develop. Everyone in here that's born again, you have a call to grow, to grow spiritually. You have a call to surrender and to just surrender your life fully to Christ. And then there's a call to service. Now, your call to service depends on where God's calling you. We have a lot of needs, and we can talk about those later. But the call that I want to talk about is the call to ministry. Jacob's just going to share, you know, briefly as we, uh, as we close out. After he shares, I'm going to ask him to pray for us and uh, dismiss us to a time of fellowship. But he's going to share how his heart heard the very call of God and what's involved in that. And you know what? Before he comes up here, I'm going to do something bold. I'm going to pray that if there be anybody in here that God wants to call to ministry, that he would speak to them and that he would call them because it's not us. It's not us. It's God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for each person here today. Lord, we thank you for their value and their worth. Lord, we thank you for that powerful message we heard last night as we saw that uh, young man just talk about how he mattered to God when he didn't matter to the world. Lord, and we just proclaim that each person here is important, that they matter to you, that they're loved, and that you call them to follow you as a disciple. Lord, and in that call, you also call us to ministry. You call us to serve. You call us to plant churches. You call us to preach. You call us to witness. You, Lord, you call us to pastor and to nurture people. Lord, you call us to follow and obey you. And Lord God, if there be anyone here today who has not responded to, call, to the call to follow and obey, Lord, I pray that you would put it in their heart to seek out someone to have that discussion, Lord. Lord, if there's anyone here that you would call to the, the gospel ministry, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts, that you would call their voice and say, come follow me and be a fisher of men. Come follow me and be a preacher. Come follow me and be a teacher. Come follow me and be a pastor. Come follow me and be a church planner. Come follow me and be a worship leader, Lord. I pray that you would call your people through whom you died on the cross to be their Lord and their Savior and draw them for your eternal glory 
as we seek to humble ourselves before you and live lives that glorify and magnify you. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, God bless everyone. First of all, I'd like to thank Pastor Mark. He has been um, very, very helpful and very, uh, been very kind and very generous in his wisdom and in his knowledge in dealing with a church and pastoring a church and passing that knowledge and that wisdom on to me. And I'm just at awe of what God has done here, what I continue to see him do here every single week. And I'm just soaking it in. So, um, I mean, I'm grateful to God for that. I believe that God has called me and has pulled me, dragged me, kicking and screaming because he says, I want you over here. And I said, no, thank you. I'm going over here. So when you think about uh, the story of Jonah, think about me. And instead of going to preach to Nineveh, God has called me to preach to my family, to the lost that are in my community. As many of you know, I have a, a, a YouTube, Facebook, my ministry has been, I've been doing that there. And what happened is that in uh, 2015, and I told y'all a little bit about this story in my first testimony about how they treated my father, but what happened after that that I, I, I didn't bring, I didn't get a chance to tell y'all, or I didn't think to tell y'all at the moment, was that our church ended up splitting. That's what happened, that we saw how poorly the pastor of that church, which happened to be my father for over 24 years, 25 years, was treated after we saw that everybody went away. So about 95% of that church left. And so from 2015 at that time until now, we have all been scattered here and there. I come here a lot. Uh, some of my family members go to this church and some go here and some go there, never finding a church home. We're thankful, grateful for all the churches who have accepted us and have allowed us to come in and they have welcomed us and God has been so gracious in that manner, yet again, we're still scattered. We were part of a fold together and then we were scattered. And so then I've noticed over the years that I, I, I watch my family and I watch my friends and I watch all those who are part of that little church. It was a little tiny church. And I watch them where they go and I see that, you know, they go and they go, but it's, it's, it's not, you know, you don't see that fulfillment that they had when we were together. And my prayer has always been, Lord, bring us back together. Lord, give us the ability to be together again. But until then, Lord, what would you have for me? And when he said, I want you to preach, I want you to preach, I said, no, thank you. That was not what I wanted. And so I tried to do everything but preach. But then every time I turn around, somebody's saying, you preaching, Jake? I said, okay, well, let me shut up because that is what I don't want to do. And then I turn around and I'm preaching again. And I turn around and I'm preaching again. And I turn around and I'm preaching again. And then somebody says, hey, can you come preach here? And I go. And somebody says, hey, can you come preach here? And I go. And somebody says, hey, can you come preach here? And I go. And I say, okay, God, you want me to preach. <laughs> I do not want to preach. If you just give me my little camera and 
give me my little uh, 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 podium and let me sit in my living room. I'll preach there. I'll be just fine because I'm not looking for anything. God said, I got something more than that. I can use that. And I will use that because I've been on the Internet before everybody else was. Now, a lot of churches have to be on the Internet because their churches are shut down. Now, Hebrews 10 might say something different to that. So when y'all think about where you are right now, think about Hebrews chapter 10, where it says the closer and closer we get to the time of Jesus' return, we need to be gathering, fail not, fail not, do not fail to assemble yourselves together with those, with, with, with the believers. Many churches now are failing to assemble themselves together. They are failing to do the command of God. Now, the Bible also says everybody needs to be confident in, in their decisions. So then don't go against your conscience. If you're scared, stay home. But where there is fear, there is not faith. And without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. So then my faith, the faith that God has granted to me is that in the Bertie County, Martin County area, in that area somewhere there, is where a lot of my family, a lot of my friends, a lot of my community is lacking that solid biblical teaching that is lacking uh, that place where you can come and feel at home and get that solid word of God. Because as we see that beautiful young child right there, I guarantee you that baby will not drink milk for the rest of his or her life. So then that means that as we grow in the grace of God, as we become saved, as we grow, as we have a richer, fuller, more intimate knowledge of who God is, we don't stay in the same place. We grow. A child doesn't stay a child forever. They grow into a toddler. They grow into a teenager. They grow into a man or a woman. So then as we grow physically, we must also grow spiritually. So then as we grow spiritually, we must have a shepherd, a pastor that will lead us in the spiritual things. That will teach us what the word of God says. What the fruits of the spirit are as we learn today. How to pray. All of these things that we need to know, that we need to grow in. We need someone to Remind us of these things week in and week out and share these things with us. Correction and uh, instruction and in righteousness that the men and women of God will be complete lacking nothing. So that is how I feel God, God allowed. We, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and the call, are called according to his purpose. So then when that church split, I believe that that was God putting pressure on me. That was God putting pressure on us all. But me in, in, in particular, because I need you to lead. Because Jacob was not thinking about leading nothing. I won't think about leading nobody. I didn't care to lead. I'm, I'm just fine in the back. Leave me back there. I don't want no spotlight. I don't want the forefront. Leave me in the back. I'm fine. But God says, no, I need you to go. And so because God says, go, I'm going. I'm just thankful to you all for, you know, just embracing me and my family. 
I'm thankful to my church, the few that were able to make it this week. I'm thankful to them for always continuing to support me. And I just want y'all to keep praying for us that God will continue to set things in order and that God will continue to uh, just make a way and, and make things smooth and show us our path and that we will get there together and we will be a help one to another. We will be carrying one another's burdens. So um, on that note, I want to uh, pray that if there is anyone who is like me, who is like Jonah, who is like Paul, Jesus asked Paul, why do you kick against the pricks? Why, do you, why, why are you trying to hurt? Because Paul was thinking that he was helping God by, by uh, persecuting the saints. And Jesus said, no, no, you're making a whole mess. Is there anyone here who knows that God is calling them, who feels the call of God on their life, who feels God pulling at their heart in salvation, if you're already saved in growth, and if you're growing in moving forward in, as part of this ministry, as part of speaking or, 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 or leading, or if he called you to preach or whatever he called you to do, if there are any here, Anybody who doesn't know Jesus, that is the most important thing. The absolute most important thing is the salvation of your soul. When you take your last breath here, the very next breath you will take will be in the presence of God. And we want to make sure that when we see God, because we're going to see him one way or the other. We're going to meet God one way or the other. But then it's two ways you can meet him. You can meet him in peace. And he can say, welcome, my good and faithful servant. Or he can say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Is there anybody who's not prepared that if, God forbid, you walk out of this building today and something would happen? If you walked out of here today, maybe you don't even make it out of this room. We never know. We see people dying, babies dying. There, there's a complete devaluing of life. People don't care anymore. It could be a car accident. It could be cancer. It could be, it could be anything. Is there anybody not ready right now that if they took their last breath, that they believe that God would say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. If there's anybody in here, please come up to this altar right now, please. Anyone. Anyone. Okay. All right, then let us pray. Lord, forgive us for our sins, God. Forgive us for every word, deed, and thought that is not like you, O oh Lord. Lord, we thank you for another Sunday morning, another Lord's Day fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters, Lord. We thank you, God, that you thought enough of us this morning to wake us up, to start us on our way, to provide for us yet another day full of air to breathe and the, 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 the beating of our hearts, oh God. Lord, you know the mind of every person in here, Lord. You know the desire of every person in here, Lord. You know the calling of every person in here, Lord. You know what you have for every single person in here, oh God. Lord, we don't know, but you know. And Lord, as we 
humble ourselves under your mighty hand, as we humble ourselves under your power and under your majesty. Lord, we ask you to look upon each heart right now, Lord. The broken heart, the heart that doesn't see how tomorrow is going to work out. The heart that is more focused on the, the, the presidential candidates than is focused on you, O oh God. Lord, change that heart. Fix that heart that we will focus and gaze intently on the cross of Christ that we know that all of our help, all of our help, all of our help comes from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth and not from any man. Lord, we know that you told us, Lord, that we should love our enemies, that we should bless those who curse us, that we should pray for those who spitefully use us, God. That is what you called us to. Lord, you called us to be the salt of the earth, Lord, so that as we are the salt and as salt makes people thirsty, that we are the salt, we are the difference, and that would cause people to thirst after your righteousness, oh God. That people would want to know who you are for the pardoning of their sins, for the growth and edification of their spirit, for the restoration of their marriage and the restoration of their families and the restoration of their relationships with uh, friends and enemies alike. Lord, you said for those, if a man's ways are pleasing to God, he will make his enemies to even be at peace with him, oh God. So then just loving you, God, and following you and being obedient, your blessings follow us, Lord. So we know that if we chase after you, God, that your blessings chase after us. That if we want to be blessed, if we want the favor of God on our lives, Lord, that we must live your way, God. There is no other way. If we want to see a change in the world, Lord, that we must be the salt. We must be the light. We must be the difference that the world needs to see. We don't take our candle. We don't take our light and hide it because it won't give us any. It won't light up the house. It won't light up the world. But, Lord, we let our light so shine. Help us, Lord. To be bold in your truth, to be bold in your word, to be bold in your standards. Lord, also help us to balance us standing for your truth. Help us to balance us standing for your word. Help us to balance us standing on your standards with compassion and love. Because at one time we were lost. At one time we were enemies of God. And we know that we are reconciled to you only by faith in what your son Jesus did on the cross. That he is the perfect one. That he is the great one. That he is the holy one of God. That he is the only one that is righteous. That there is salvation in no other. So then Lord help us not to look down on others who think differently than us. Help us not to look down on others who look differently than us. But we are all created in the image of God. The Imago Dei, the image of God. And all for one reason, solely, Deo Gloria, the glory of God alone. Lord, help us to work together in a spirit of unity, Lord, that there will be no disunity, there will be no disruption, there will be no schism in our body. 
that the hand won't say to the mouth, I don't need you. That the eyes won't say to the ears, I don't need you. Because every single part of our body we absolutely need and none of them we would like to do without. So then as we are all different parts of the body, Lord, bless us to work as one. As you and your Father and the Holy Spirit are one God. Three persons, one being. Lord, let us be all different members but one body, oh God. Help us, Lord, to love one another like you would have us to love. Help us, Lord, to treat one another how you would have us to treat one another, Lord. You said that the world will know that we belong to you because we show love one to another. Help us, Lord, that, that we're not like a clinging brass, that we're not just like a loud symbol just making a bunch of noise, but there is no love in our hearts. Help us, Lord, that we can love somebody no matter who they vote for. We can love somebody no matter what their preferences are. That we can love but still tell the truth. Help us, Lord, to speak the truth in love. Help us, Lord, to speak the truth in the spirit of, of gentleness and not arrogance, oh God. Help us to love one another. Help us to be the difference, Lord. And if there is any wickedness found in any one of our hearts, if there is any anger, any malice found in any one of our hearts, Lord, show it to us so we can get it right, oh God. Show it to us so we can get it right, oh God. We need to change, oh God. And we will never make heaven our home, Lord, if we hold any kind of hate in our heart. Because it is love and love alone that covers a multitude of sins. And Lord, we have a multitude of sins and your love covered us. So then as you have shown us grace, Lord, let us as well show grace. Keep us, oh God. Bless Pastor Mark. Bless Crossroads. Lord, bless the new Crossroads. Lord, strengthen us that we grow together, that we grow stronger, that we stand bold even as the enemy attacks us more and more. Lord, we pray for the persecuted saints all around the world. Lord, the missionaries and those in the face of danger every day. Lord, we ask you to bless them, to keep them, to provide for them. Let them not lack any good thing. Lord, let not any soul in here lack any good thing. Keep each and every one of them, one by one, and name by name, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, everything that everybody has a need of in this place, Lord, supply for them as you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And Lord, there is nothing that you are lacking. So then as you lack nothing, let us lack nothing. And Lord, we thank you. And we ask all these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' holy, mighty, precious, matchless name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.